Have you ever had that feeling when you leave the doctor's office and think, what did they just say? Or have any burning questions you didn't have time to ask? Or I don't remember anything that just happened in that appointment. Or even, were they speaking my language? Yeah, us too. That's where we come in. We're the podcast dedicated to helping you understand what your doctor said about that thing you saw your doctor for in the first place. We understand it can be an information overload. We're here to help. I'm Dr. Josh Fletcher, a family medicine resident at Northrop General Hospital in Toronto. And I'm Jake Bloom, the person who doesn't know what's happening at the doctor's office. Welcome to Dr. Dictionary. I just want to make a quick disclaimer that this podcast isn't meant to be a replacement for a traditional doctor's appointment, nor is it meant to be providing medical advice. Rather, it's meant to be a supplement to your doctor's visit and explain why your doctor asked what they ask and help you explain the diagnosis and common treatment plans. Lastly, doctors often have very different styles and approaches to a patient and their diagnosis. If we discuss a question or treatment plan that your doctor didn't mention, that doesn't mean that they were wrong. This could represent a different in practice style or simply the fact that your doctor knows you better than we do and has created a treatment plan that better fits your lifestyle. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Dr. Dictionary, the podcast explainer for all your questions before, during, and after your visit to the doctor. My name's Jake and joining me as always, Dr. Josh Fletcher. I guess we should get right into this week's topic because diabetes is a massive topic, which we will probably have to discuss over multiple episodes sort of similar to the birth control series. I guess we should talk about what diabetes actually is, the different types of diabetes, why I should care if I'm diagnosed with diabetes, what causes diabetes, the blood tests that are done for diabetes, the treatment of diabetes, and also the dangers of not treating your diabetes and what can go wrong. Sounds like something we can do over 10 minutes. (laughs) Now let's, of course, start with the basics. I've heard the word diabetes probably a thousand times in my life and have family members that have diabetes. That being said, I wouldn't really be comfortable explaining what diabetes is. So could you define it for us? Sure. So in simple terms, diabetes is a disorder that affects the way your body uses sugar. Now, I just want to make a reference here that I'm referring to the most common type of diabetes, which is called diabetes mellitus. You might have heard this before. Could you say that again? Diabetes mellitus. The cells in our body, which is what makes up every organ from the skin to the heart to the brain, need energy to work and do their functions. And that main source of energy they need is sugar. Normally, after we eat something, we have the sugar from our food, which comes from like typical sugars you might think about, as well as carbs. They're absorbed into our body and move into our blood, where they can be transported all around the body. In order to get the sugar into the cells, which is where it's needed for the cells to do their functions, we need a hormone you might have heard of before as well called insulin. Yeah, sure. Insulin is what helps the cells take the sugar from the blood and use it to do what they need to do. And we make insulin ourselves in an organ called the pancreas. If there isn't enough insulin, or the body isn't responding well to the insulin that it's making, we end up with too much sugar in the blood, and that's what happens in diabetes. Now, we can build up that sugar either because the cells aren't responding well to the insulin, the body isn't making enough insulin, or both. Okay, I see. Now, you're talking about 
one specific type of diabetes? Because I've also heard that there are two main types, type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes. And can you tell me a bit more about the similarities and differences between these two? So this question alone, we can dedicate an entire podcast series to. But very simply put, there are many different types of diabetes. And the two main ones we hear most about are type 1 and type 2 diabetes. Type 1 occurs mainly at a younger age, like in childhood or as a teenager, and happens when the body makes little or no insulin. Normally, for example, if you have an infection, the body is able to recognize something that's happening there that shouldn't be, like a bacteria that's foreign. And it attacks that bacteria. It sends its immune system after the infection to destroy it, making you feel better. And this is what we want to happen in the body. It's how we fight off infections. However, in some people, the body will think that a normal part of it is foreign and will send the immune system to attack it. So in type 1 diabetes, the body thinks that part of the pancreas shouldn't be there and sends that same immune system to destroy it that would normally send to fight off an infection. And when this happens, because that part of the pancreas is being destroyed, we can no longer produce insulin and therefore develop diabetes. Our blood sugar gets way too high. Type 2 diabetes is different. We don't have the immune system attacking the pancreas like it does in type 1 diabetes. Instead, over time, the body stops responding as well to the insulin it was producing. The cells aren't responding to insulin well, or they're becoming resistant to insulin. That's a big concept. When this happens, the body tries to compensate by making more insulin, and then the cells become resistant again. And then the body needs to make more insulin, and the cells become resistant, etc. It's a cycle that keeps going until the body physically cannot make any more insulin. So to summarize that, type 1 diabetes is usually at a younger age. and happens when the immune system attacks the pancreas, and we can't make any more insulin. Type 2 diabetes is when the cells aren't responding as well to the insulin being produced where we have resistance to insulin at the cells. This causes the body to make more insulin, and the cycle continues until the body physically cannot make any more. Yeah, I can definitely imagine spending an entire episode talking about that. Now, you also said there are many different types of diabetes. Just out of curiosity, what are some of these other types? So we can have diabetes that happens during pregnancy, called gestational diabetes. There are conditions that can affect the pancreas, which can cause diabetes as well, like cystic fibrosis. There are genetic conditions that can lead to diabetes, and there are also drugs that can affect sugar in the blood. So for today's episode, let's focus on type 2 diabetes, because I believe it's the most common type of diabetes. I want to summarize what you said just so I understand it, our listeners understand it, everybody can understand it. Type 2 diabetes is from the cells in the body not responding well to insulin or being resistant to it, and eventually the body can't keep up so it isn't able to make enough insulin. How'd I do, Doc? Exactly, that's correct. It's about the resistance to insulin and eventually deficiency or not enough insulin. So what is the reason your cells don't respond well to insulin? So there are a bunch of different reasons why you become more resistant to insulin. The exact cause of insulin resistance isn't known, but we know of certain conditions that increase your risk for having insulin resistance and thus diabetes. Now, we like to think about this in two ways. One, things that we can control, and two, things that are outside of our control. Now, in terms of factors outside of our control, genetics play a role in your cells becoming resistant and in development of diabetes. Often, there are other family members with diabetes. 
Certain ethnicities have a higher risk for developing insulin resistance, such as those who are Indigenous and First Nations, South Asians, Pacific Islanders, etc. Aging is a risk factor for developing diabetes as well. Certain medical conditions and certain medications can also increase the risk of developing diabetes. For example, having high blood pressure, high cholesterol in the blood, a fatty liver, polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS, or previous diabetes during pregnancy all increase your risk. And just to explain it briefly, fatty liver is exactly what it sounds like, a buildup of fat in the liver. And PCOS, which we've dedicated an entire episode to, is a condition that can occur when the hormones in females are out of whack. And we encourage you to go listen to this episode if you haven't already. In terms of factors that are within our control, one of the biggest risks for developing diabetes and insulin resistance is being overweight or obese. Not exercising or eating a poor diet really increases your risk. I see. So if I have insulin resistance, does that mean I have diabetes? So no, just because you have insulin resistance doesn't mean you have underlying diabetes. We can think about diabetes as a spectrum. On the one side of the spectrum, we have people with normal amounts of sugar in the blood. The body makes an appropriate amount of insulin, just like you or I. On the other side, we have more advanced diabetes, where the body no longer makes enough insulin and the sugars in the blood are really high. In the middle, we have something called prediabetes. And prediabetes is when your blood sugar levels are higher than they should be, but not high enough to be diagnosed with diabetes. At this stage, you usually have some insulin resistance. And if this continues over time, you could start to develop type 2 diabetes. How do I know if I have insulin resistance or prediabetes? Is it something that you can actually feel? Great question, and no. You two don't have any symptoms of prediabetes or insulin resistance. However, there are often other risks that you have, like we talked about before. Not exercising enough, being overweight or obese, having other family members with diabetes, other medical conditions like high blood pressure or high cholesterol that increase your risk. Now, the same also goes for diabetes. Usually, we don't have any symptoms. We make the diagnosis based off of your blood work, and we'll talk about this more in a lot more detail in the next episode. All right, sounds good. Nice little teaser. So if I have that prediabetes where your blood sugar levels are higher than they should be, does that mean that I will later develop diabetes? No, it doesn't mean for certain that you'll develop diabetes. However, it puts you at a higher risk of getting diabetes if the right changes aren't made. These include exercising more, eating healthier, and losing weight. And we'll have an episode solely on exercise and diet and diabetes as well. And if I did have symptoms, what would these look like? So like I said before, usually we don't have symptoms of type 2 diabetes. However, if your blood sugar is becoming higher over time, this can lead to symptoms. Now, interestingly, the word diabetes actually comes from the ancient Greek language referring to an excess in urine. So therefore, you can imagine that one of the symptoms of diabetes is needing to pee more often than usual. When the sugar in our blood gets higher and the cells can't use this sugar for energy because they're resistant to insulin, the body has to get rid of it somewhere. And the way they do that is through the kidneys and into our urine, making us pee more often. Another symptom is being more thirsty. Other symptoms can include feeling more weak or tired as sugar levels get higher, having blurred vision, numbness or tingling in the toes and feet, or having sores on the feet or other parts of the body that don't heal as well like ulcers. 
Now, why should someone care about having high blood sugar or about having diabetes? So while it's true you will usually not have symptoms of diabetes, it can lead to some pretty catastrophic health problems over time. The risk of having your blood sugar too high and not managing your diabetes is that it leads to poor circulation of blood flow in the body. This makes you have higher risk of heart attacks or heart problems, stroke, kidney disease, vision loss and potential blindness, erectile dysfunction in men, and increases the risk of having a part of your body removed or amputated. And we'll have an episode again solely on the complications or the problems associated with diabetes in the future. So then it goes without saying that I'd want to know if I have diabetes as soon as possible to try to prevent some of these things from happening. So then how do you diagnose diabetes and then how is it treated? So those are both great questions. We'll answer them in the next few episodes of the podcast. We'll have an episode solely on the diagnosis of diabetes and the blood tests involved and another episode on the treatment of diabetes and the medications involved here. So then I guess my last question for now is whether you can prevent diabetes. Like, what can I do to make sure I don't get type 2 diabetes? So a great question. This is a super important question in what we call primary prevention, or making sure you'd never develop diabetes in the first place. Number one thing you can do is maintaining a healthy weight. And we classify normal weight, overweight, and obese based off of something called BMI, or body mass index. Now, BMI is an equation that uses your weight and height to estimate your body fat, And once we have your weight and height and you can look online to calculate your BMI, you can see according to this measurement if you're classified as overweight, underweight, healthy weight, obese, or extremely obese. Now, a weight loss of approximately 5% is associated with a decreased risk of progression from prediabetes to diabetes by almost 60%. Wow. So I'm not talking about losing 50 pounds here, but only a 5% weight loss can really reduce your risk of progression from prediabetes to diabetes. Now, another thing is making sure you remain active. Our ultimate goal is at least 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous activity every week in bouts of 10 minutes or more. Now, when I say moderate activity, think of it as if you can talk, but you can't sing when you're doing the activity, whereas vigorous activity, you have an even hard time talking. That being said, any bit of exercise you can do is better than no exercise and will have a big impact on your health. So like even taking the stairs at work instead of taking the elevator can make a big difference over time. Lastly, ensuring you're eating a healthy diet and making good choices is very important as well. And I guess my other last question would be, what resources do you recommend on this topic? So Diabetes Canada is an excellent resource that has tons of information on diabetes, both type 1 and type 2. It goes over the basics, talks about the diagnosis, and goes into detail on how to manage diabetes, both from a medication and non-medication point of view. They also have an excellent podcast series themselves if you'd like more information. In the USA, the American Diabetes Association is another great resource with a plethora of information on all things diabetes. All right, well, that wraps up uh, this episode, the introductory episode of our diabetes series of podcasts. So next time, we will be talking about the diagnosis stage. And Josh, is there anyone you want to thank for today's episode? I'd like to thank Dr. Rob Silver, an endocrinologist at University Health Network in Toronto, for peer-reviewing this episode, as well as Nick and John Braganiolo for recording the original music. Perfect. And as always, if you want have any questions or concerns 
or just want to tell us we're doing a great job, email us at thedoctordictionary at gmail.com. That is thedoctordictionary at gmail.com. And uh, Josh, I guess we'll uh, talk again soon. Can't wait to learn more about this. Thanks for listening to our first episode on the basics of diabetes. Stay tuned for next episode on the diagnosis and blood work involved.